Thanks for tuning in to the Midweek Conversation. As a church, we're trying to find new ways to help you engage with Jesus and grow in your faith at this time when life looks so different. In this podcast, I'll be joined by some of the other site pastors to reflect on the preach from Sunday and talk about how we can practically apply some of the things that were mentioned in it. We know that it's so easy to hear a great talk on a Sunday and have the best intentions to put it into practice, but by the time Monday morning rolls around, life has got in the way and we've forgotten what was shared. So hopefully this conversation will help you think again about the preach and provide some insight for how you can connect with Jesus. So let's get started. I'm joined by Paul Creechley and Alice Meads for this week's podcast. Hi both, thanks for joining me today. And Alice, it's uh, great to have you join us on the Midweek Conversation. I know, my debut, not appearing. Your debut. I'm not appearing, but here I am. <laughs> well, it's good to have you with us. I, I enjoyed seeing you and Matt on uh, doing the notices on Sunday. I particularly liked him pointing out that you were stood on a book. Is that true? It is. Yeah, Michelle Obama. Was- not the Bible. Oh, I thought it was going to be the Yellow Pages, but maybe that's a callback. To I don't that. know that they make those anymore. No, I don't know if that's a thing anymore. But, um, <laughs> that's the stuff of romance, isn't it? Stepping on Yellow Pages. <laughs> it is, it is. <laughs> I, um, Soph and I had the same problem um, a few weeks ago. <laughs> Soph and I had the same problem a couple of weeks ago. Um when we were trying to do the notices and I was like, Sophie, you're just so much shorter than I am. You need to stand way in the foreground and I'll stand in the background. No, the problem is though, is then Matt's head looks tiny and I look like I've got a really big face if he's too far back. You guys made it work. It was fine. It was good. Well, it's great to have you both with us, with me today. And um, I was thinking as a tribute to our senior pastor, James Rankin, it would be really great to see whether you guys could do the Say Prejudice five times challenge, just to see whether that was just him that can't say prejudice. He really struggled, didn't he? He really struggled. <laughs> that was hilarious. Oh, Alice, how are you feeling about it? Whether I can say the word. Fairly confident. Yeah. <laughs> I back you. I back you. Okay, okay let's... Okay. Uh, do you know what my yeah. true fact? Matt can't say the word goggle. Goggle. Ooh. Cannot say the word goggle. What is what comes out? It's like it gets stuck. He just kind of goes goggle like that. <laughs> it's like it gets stuck. Cannot I can't say. say it. I can't say squirrel. Squir- squirrel. <laughs> Sorry, squirrel. What, what word were you trying to say there? Like a little furry animal. <laughs> a squirrel. There we go. Cool. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> it's a bit self-defeating, isn't it? Doing a game with words you can't say. <laughs> go on then. Jump. No, go on. Add a sp- yeah, you do it. You do it. Okay. Five. Oh, I thought you counted me then. Five, four. No. Oh, sorry. <laughs> just do five. Okay. Prejudice, 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 prejudice. Very good. Wow. Oh, look Eight, at I think. Sh- I was showing off for the last few. <laughs> and, Crooch, you've avoided saying it, I think, since we mentioned it. Are you... I'm in. I'm ready. Prejudice, 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 prejudice. Oh, wow. Was that okay? That was... Spot on. I I, I, I'm not going to reveal whether or not I practiced this earlier today when I found out I'd have to do it <laughs> just to make sure I could. Because I was like, oh, James had sown that seed of doubt of just like, is it possible? Now, Ian, as the host, you don't get to get away from this. <laughs> what if I fail now? All of this. Okay. Prejudice, 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 prejudice. Oh, I nearly slipped Ooh, up at the end. Yeah. Did I make Almost it? Almost at the end. Almost. I, I'll give it to you. But what I really want to hear you do is do squirrel five. Squirrel. <laughs> Don't, because Soph picks on me every time for squirrel. I well, can't do it. I time. can't do it. Come on, Ian, five times. Um, okay. Five times. This uh, is your moment. Squirrel, squirrel, 
Squirrel, squirrel, squirrel. This podcast is going downhill quickly. Like a squirrel. What? <laughs> what happened right at the end? You got very West Country, I think. That was that was my Somerset roots yeah, coming out. There. Roots. Yeah, yeah, that's right. You know what? Okay, I think we should probably turn our attention <laughs> to Sunday's talk. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, James was teaching out of the first half of um, chapter 2 from from the book of James, verses 1 to 13, and he identified two key themes from the passage, didn't he? Um, favoritism and mercy. And I think this is a really interesting thing to be looking at through this passage, these ideas of favoritism and mercy. Because I think in today's culture, we just have a society that's so... We love the celebrity, don't we? Like, we look to the celebrity, we look to popularity. And I just thought that what James was talking about really brought something to to our attention, that even even Christians, even the church, isn't um, immune to. Well, it got me thinking about in that passage of the reason we often go to the rich or the beautiful people or whatever, it's rooted in what we think we can get from them. And I was mm. thinking to myself, you know, say, for example, you were running a small... Oh, no, say the end of church on a Sunday... And you could go over and talk to someone that was really well connected, maybe who you wanted to do business with at some point, or you wanted to ask them a favour, whatever. Someone you could see had a lot to offer you. And then someone who's maybe not got as much to offer, had a really hard time in life, maybe they're unemployed or something like that at the moment. Do you go to the person that you think, oh, this person can offer me something, an opportunity, mm-hmm. a chance? And so often the reason you go after the rich is because they, because of what you can gain from them. And that's... And Jesus says elsewhere, doesn't he? Like, don't invite the rich around for dinner because they'll invite you back, yeah. you know? And often we, we, it's, we're very self-focused in how we deal with people. And that for me was the challenge of, you know, that kind of whole networking thing that we like to do as Christians sometimes. And at its best, that's just trying to extend kingdom opportunities by, by you know, linking up where there's space to link up. But at its worst, it's climbing a social ladder and I think that's what James is speaking into here isn't it and James was speaking around on Sunday you know that for me was really challenging of not climbing the Christian social ladder speaking to those people that I feel can offer me something personally or mm. offer me a level of friendship you know that that kind of thing that's kind of what where I felt really challenged mm. yeah that is so challenging yeah I watched the Michelle Obama um documentary I think it's on Netflix yeah. or Amazon Prime Netflix. one of them found it remarkable the way there was one moment she's doing a book signing meet and greet she's talking a bit about how you know what you need to do in that moment is make that person feel like they're the most important person and they're totally seen and she was just brilliant at it and it's like and and in those 15 seconds that person's got her undivided attention uh and I remember seeing that and just being challenged because I know that for me sometimes or probably more often than I'd like to admit I'm doing that thing of thinking okay who who else is around that I need to talk to or like I should need to connect in with uh and it's like those moments going that is not the heart of Jesus at all yeah and you know as you said there there are some good things in that it's like at the at its best it's extending kingdom opportunity and sometimes it's responsibility of connecting with different people but at its worst it's just this devaluing of you are not interesting enough for me or you do not provide enough of a reward for my time. Yeah. 
it's that how important is that person and that I, I saw the Michelle Obama thing as well in that moment the person who she was signing a book for she was making them the most important person mm. and you know as James said you know loving them as you would wish to be loved yourself and what I loved on Sunday is he started with his own story of you know we've all had it where you've been talking to someone and you're just aware that obviously in their mind you're not the most you're not the person they want to be speaking to they can see a better conversation somewhere else <laughs> someone funnier someone better played someone with more influence somewhere else and it's a horrible feeling when you feel like that and that's that reminder isn't it that i never want to be responsible for someone thinking oh alice just didn't think i was that important in the moment you know she stopped eye contact she checked her phone you know it comes back to some of the stuff from the last bit of james that you know obviously i preached on yeah that giving someone that showing them giving them that importance and I think for me that was the challenge of like that's how you love someone well and that's how Jesus loved people you know the person in front of him mm. got his full attention was of the ultimate importance because they're of the ultimate worth in God's eyes and if that's what we believe God feels about us and the world around us then that is the call on us isn't it is to show that level mm. of value and importance to the people that we encounter and I'd hate it if someone felt like I'd I'd yeah, I hadn't seen them as valuable as the next person. But of course, it's that human nature to, as I said, rank people on who can help me the most, who do I think is the most important person from my perspective that can benefit me the most. Yeah. Mm. Um, it reminded me of an article I read a while ago about um, a pastor who was about to take on a church. And um, before he'd taken on the church, before he'd met the congregation, he started to visit the church on a Sunday. And he didn't roll up with his dog's collar on and kind of looking like a vicar and, and in his nice car or whatever. Whatever would make him appear as, as the vicar they expected, the pastor that they expected. Instead, he dressed um, a bit more dishevelled and a bit more like he'd just walked in straight off the streets. And um, the article was just talking about the response that he'd received how people didn't make a beeline for him, people didn't go after him to get his attention, and how he was quite shocked by the way that he was treated and received. And then when he went the first Sunday when he appeared as the vicar, as the pastor, and stood up and said, I've been attending this congregation for weeks, and you have not treated me the way that you've treated me today when you've, when you've known who I am. And it's just really interesting. Um, you would not want to be sat in a congregation <laughs> no. Sunday, Imagine the next few weeks yes. of preachers. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, so, so, so this is really interesting, I think, looking at the way that we um, think about people and the way that we treat people. And I think one of the things we're trying to do with this podcast is go, there's some really great content in the talk, but how do we then take this and apply it to our lives? How do we go from a Sunday and start to live this out through the week and into the rest of our lives? So I'd just be interested to hear what your thoughts were on how do we start to try and put some of this into practice? How do we start to become the type of people who um, do live differently because of our faith? Yeah, I think when you have a preach like this, it's so revealing because it affects every single one of us <laughs> and there's, none of us can hide and go, oh, I, I haven't at some point thought these negative things about someone. Um, the danger can be sometimes that you come away from it feeling really guilty and like, oh, well, I'm just a terrible person or I'm just not a people person. You know, that's for, that's for the really extroverted people people. Um, but I think 
what can happen if we use this is that the Lord can change our hearts through it. And so we can be changed by going, well, what does it look like to become more like Christ? Alice, you said something amazing earlier, by Jesus loved the people in front of him so well. And so really what we're trying to do is become more like Jesus. And I love the way that um, 2 Timothy 3.16, when it's talking about scripture, saying it's useful for training in righteousness. Uh, And so for me, it's this idea that we're trying to train to get better at it. Hmm. And when when I think about this aspect of righteousness and looking like Jesus, when I look back in my own life, the, the fundamental thing for me has been around taking every thought captive. As we read in 2 Corinthians 10, when Paul is, is talking to the church in Corinth and he says, you can take every thought captive. And then this is the important thing to make it obedient to Christ. Hmm. And I think one of the biggest things that we need to learn and realize is that we do not need to be ruled by our thought life. That just because a thought has come into our head, that doesn't mean that that is the fundamental thing we believe or that even we agree with it. Uh, It doesn't mean that it's a reflection of ourselves. Sometimes, obviously, a lot of the time it is, but other times it's just a thought comes into our head. And we need to, as Christians who are trying to become as much like Jesus as we can, we need to train in righteousness around the area of going, I'm going to take captive that thought and I'm going to make it obedient to Christ, which in this scenario, for me, say in my life, has looked like a really quick repentance and exchange in my mind with the Lord. So when that, when that thought comes, you know, I just, I just try to be like, Lord, I don't want to think that. Like, I'm sorry, that prayer James encouraged us to pray, like, help me see them as you would see them. Or, like, Lord, would you show me that they're valued? Would you show me their value? Would you show me their, uh, like, the gold in them? And it's just that moment of saying, okay, God, I'm going to repent of this negative thought and I want to replace it with a thought that's in line with scripture, a thought that's in line with the way that you would see them. And then for me, often I find just being intentional about declaring it in my thought also really helpful (laughs) of going, God, you love this person. Mm. There is gold in it. Like there is something good about, you know, whatever it is. And actually having that intentional mind shift. And for me, then that training in righteousness goes on this journey that we will get better at it and better at it. And not to a point where if we had a TV screen next to us displaying our thoughts, it would always be holy and perfect because that's not going to be the reality. But we get to a point where actually our thought life does change and our initial reactions to people do change. We can train in this. And it's interesting, before we started recording, we were chatting about the Michael Jordan uh, you know, documentary. We were watching it. And yeah. I, I was thinking about it for this, of he was you know the world's best athlete but his training was so intense Mm. and for me when i think about growing in righteousness and this area particularly of our thought life and and how we interact with others and say show favoritism to them if we train really hard we will and diligently and be dedicated in it we will begin to see that change in our thought life and in our attitude towards other people change more quickly Mm. than if we're lackadaisical with it and if we're kind of going oh i'd like to be better at that I'm just not going to do anything. Mm. Well, if that's your attitude, you, you know that over the next six months, 12 months, your heart is not going to change towards those people around you, that you're still going to think those negative things, that you're still going to judge them and show favoritism. And so for me, it's about being really diligent and going, what does it look like to take control of our thought life mm. and really apply the scripture to say we can take them captive and we can make them obedient to Jesus? Yeah, I love that. I was thinking, like, it's a goal for the future, isn't it? Because if you say mm. Michael Jordan... 
it's like, because what was his goal? He knew where he wanted to be. So sometimes it's good to have a, you, you have a goal, a principle that you're aiming to. So say in this sense, it would be, I want to be the kind of person that is generous in my thoughts towards other people, mm. that chooses to think the best and to, place as every, and to see every person as important that Jesus sets before me. Now, if you have that as your mm. goal, then there's, um, there's training around reaching that goal, isn't it? But I think if you don't know what the goal is, so I think you can yeah. start by writing that out. If that's a goal that you want in your life, write that out and ask people to be accountable because I think a great question for people to ask is, you know, Alice, in the last couple of weeks, have you been generous in your assumptions towards people and have you treated every person um, as important that Jesus has set before you? Now, some weeks you're going to be like, no, I was rubbish this week. And some weeks you're going to be like, yeah, you know, just like you have good weeks if you're training for something and bad weeks. And, mm. But it's, I think you have to have someone you train with in those moments as well so that um, you know what your goal is, you've got someone that you're training with, and you remember, you know, if you're going to use the basketball analogy, which I never thought I'd use a sporting analogy beyond <laughs> a one line. Proud of you, Alice. Matthew Meads, never love me more. <laughs> but if, surely also you have to capture, keep your first love, you have to keep. Mm. You know, so to me, the reason James, the writer James, is, is so adamant about this is because if we forget this, we've forgotten the heart of Jesus the heart of God. So the reason, you know, and I know Ian, you're going to talk this Sunday a bit more about faith and works. And that's, a, you know, the next passage is almost the, the key passage Spoiler. for understanding James. <laughs> but um, <laughs> people can read up before they listen and make sure that you're on point, Nedry. Um, <laughs> um, it's for James, it's that you've, you, it's because you haven't understood the heart of Jesus, if, if you cannot, you know, mm. and so it's, it's setting that as a goal. Do you know what I mean? And it comes from our own response. We've forgotten, as James said, you know, how mm. much we've received mercy, how important God sees us. And so it's that good reminder, if we're really struggling in it, is to, I need to go back to my first love. I need to remember yeah. this for me, you know? So I think it's kind of, a, mm. it's, it's lots of different ways because <clears throat> it's a big thing and it's a lifelong work walking this out thing, isn't it? But you've got to know what your goal is. You've got to have people to support you in it. And you've got to keep coming back to your love for why you're doing it, you know. Mm. And I thought it was interesting on Sunday, you know, James began by pointing us to a, towards verse one, um, where James is addressing the, the people he's writing to as my brothers, as believers in our glorious yeah. Lord Jesus Christ. You know, he's addressing them as believers. So they, they've got an understanding of where they stand in relation to God. They understand that God has already shown them mercy, that they that he has forgiven them their sins, that he sent Jesus to die for them so that they could be right in the eyes of God. And I think, as you were just saying, Alice, I think all of this starts from a place of knowing how much we have been forgiven and shown love by God in the first place. You know, how do we show that kind of love to other people? It's by having a right perspective of it ourselves, isn't it? Yeah. It's like you can imagine James being like, how dare you then go and be, you know, if you yeah. really understand how much God values you and everyone he's created, how dare you be so arrogant and prideful to then go and treat someone else because of how they look, their appearance, mm. of our very, very kind of um, lacking ability to judge, you know, to understand people, you know. It's just, it's ridiculous if you think about it, but we have to keep that bigger perspective, haven't we? Of like, God, show yeah. me how much you love me and your creation. Mm. How dare I be so arrogant to think that someone is less worth my time, my, my encouragement, my praise, you know, my, my input, my 
my ability to listen. How dare I judge someone in that way? It's, it's weird when you step back and think about it, isn't it? You know? Yeah, it's that illuminating thing <laughs> when James, James said so it humbling. yesterday. <laughs> it is, isn't it? Because when James said it of, you know, you then have a higher standard than God mm. on who he would let in. And you're just like, oh, yeah, when I think of it like that, it definitely does not sit well. But we just fall into these traps, don't we? Of, yeah. you know, A, being okay with it, maybe because we're not challenged on it or the other, other people around us are also okay with it. Um, or, or B, just going, oh, that's just who I am. You know, this uh, a reticence to change or maybe a belief that we can't change. I think, Alice, what you're talking about, about setting that goal is so helpful yeah. because I think sometimes we do just go, oh, that's that's my character, like, that's my personality, that's the kind of person I am, uh, but we can change. And I know for me, you know, sometimes the journey for me has been praying the prayer, Lord, I want to want <laughs> to think well of this person. Yeah. <laughs> because the reality is that in those moments you don't necessarily want to, and for those of us who are really authentic with our, our feelings and thoughts, we can go, well, it would be wrong of me to pray this, uh, a blessing over them to think positively because I don't believe that. It's like, well, the prayer is then I want to want to. 100%. But doesn't it make you like, I found for me in the worship after that, I felt I was, I felt flawed in worship because what a God to worship. I mean, some, you know, world religions would say that someone who is poor in the eyes of the world, it's karma, you know, it's what they deserve, whatever. And as I was worshiping, I was like, oh, do you know what, Jesus? I, like, I wouldn't want to worship a, a God that didn't think so highly of the poor, of those that the world would judge, that this upside down nature of the kingdom. For me, it can, it can feel like a heavy thing of like, oh my goodness, I'm an idiot. You know, you can take that from me. And to some extent, we don't want to be too quick to brush that off because that can motivate change. Mm-hmm. But, but actually, there's also to me an element of, I just want to worship Jesus because what a God that that Jesus valued the individual, that God loves the poor, that um, that God doesn't see the the you know um, doesn't judge us on the outward. He sees the inner workings of our hearts. I mean, mm. that to me is the you know is is where our heart should then go. It's thank you, Jesus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's in that it's in that place of worship, isn't it, that we begin to recognise that we are poor in comparison to God and he comes and he clothes us, you know, that picture of the prodigal son when he comes and he comes with nothing and the father puts his robe on him and his ring and he gives us the riches that he has. And we look at this and we go, I understand that in your eyes I was poor, but you have made me rich. And so how can I not go and treat anybody else in the same way that you've treated me? And it might be that if you're listening to this and you're thinking, I don't really understand God's mercy. I don't, I don't know his mercy for me. A great place to start might just be going through the Bible, maybe turning to the back of the Bible to the concordance, the index, and just looking at the word mercy and just going through and finding those verses that talk about God's mercy for you. It might be asking that question. I think Alice, you said it, and I know James said it yesterday. How have I thought about people this week? As I look back on the last week, how have I actually thought about people? Have I judged them? Um, Have my thoughts really been what God's thoughts were towards this person I know that when I take a moment to think about this for myself that often I can probably be quite quick to criticize and to think of people and and maybe it's the things that I see that need fixing or the things that need sorting out and actually it's coming to God and saying what is it you love about this person Mm. and maybe it's going a step further from just thinking it and then actually saying to that person you know what 
I just believe that God loves this about you. And as we start to call that out, we go from being the people that put others down and judge them to actually being the people that encourage them and push them forward in love. Um, and that's when I think, you know, we have a value in our church, don't we, of being a grace-filled community. I think that's what it starts to look like to be a grace-filled community. Yeah, that's, the, I mean, not to give it away, but in a couple of weeks when we're in Taming the Tongue, that's the kind of what I'm going to be looking around mm -hmm. is that mm -hmm. gift of prophetic encouragement. What encouragement yeah. in its truest mm -hmm. sense is reaching into that, reaching into someone and pulling out what God's put in them, you know, calling it mm -hmm. forth. Yeah. I'm going to talk about that in a couple of weeks, so I don't give away too much, but <laughs> I I'll say it here and then I'll be like, as I said. <laughs> but um, yeah, I think that that is the gift, isn't it? That's how you value someone, isn't it? Is looking for the gold that Jesus has put in them. Yeah. Because if mm. we're all made in God's image, that shouldn't be a difficult task. Even with people that are tricky, if they're all made in God's image, then there's something that we can, that we can see that God has put in them that, that he wants to, to bring out. You know, and that's our job to bring life, not death, you know, in the way that we speak over people and to judge someone's to bring death, isn't it? That's yeah. kind of what yeah. it says, isn't it? It's a horrible feeling when you feel like you're not worthy of someone's, you know, that's what you're saying, isn't it? You know, when, you're, when you're not worthy of someone's time or words or whatever, mm. essentially is what you're doing in that moment, isn't it? It can feel like a small death of its sorts, don't you think? To your <laughs> self-esteem, to, I mean, I've been, I once went to this, this, um, Christian summer camp years ago I was one of the leaders and we went to this training weekend and all the leaders had they'd met for years and you know sometimes those environments like they were almost like their own little churchy group together even though they're all around the country and not a single person spoke to me the whole weekend because they were maybe it was just me <laughs> but um, <laughs> my friend who'd invited me on she kept trying to speak to me and she kept trying to introduce me to people but I just was of no importance in their eyes I didn't chop and do the camp, I'll be honest. I was like, oh, do you know what? I'm not going to do it. <laughs> of course you didn't. But it's good to remember that, how, I f how you feel in those moments. Because mm. say for us, th mm. the three of us here on this call, you know, are talking about this now. We, for us, when we're in church, we are leaders within the church. So we don't have those moments as regularly at this point within the church context, within the vineyard context. Mm. But I have to remember moments like that so that, so that mm. as a leader in this church, I help to set the culture for, I don't want a church where people turn up and no one talks to me because why they don't need to, they don't feel the need to, they don't feel like I'm important enough, you know? So I think it's remembering the places of our own uncomfort and pain, mm. small deaths that we've died in those moments. And, and then to all together as a community set, it's not just on us leaders, but to set a culture mm where that is not the case. I don't want ever that to be the case that someone comes to one of our gatherings on a Sunday when we do meet mm. and feels like, oh, that was a place where I went and no one obviously thought I was important enough to talk to me mm. or pray for me in ministry yeah. or explain what was happening or whatever it is because, you know, I, I hold that and, and grow from that experience and I hope that helps us as leaders and as just members of this community that we're trying to form, that that is not, that is not something that happens within our community. It's really good. Guys, thank you for joining me for the podcast today. It's been so helpful to revisit the talk and look at this passage again and just talk through some of these themes with you and so helpful to look at how we can actually um, try and become the kinds of people that we want to be. So thank you for joining me and um, I hope for those that have been tuning in to listen, I hope this has been helpful for you as well. Speak to you soon. I never know how to end that. Speak for you soon. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Adios. <laughs> Sign out. Yeah, cut it yeah just cut. cut, cut just go to the music. Save me <laughs> from myself. <laughs>
thanks so much for tuning in. We'd love to know how you found this podcast and how you're connecting with Jesus at this time, and if there's any way that we can help you in that. Just email info at cardiffinyard.org. I'll be back again next week with some of the team, and we'd love you to tune in. Have a great week.